Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are continuing on this theme of sexuality and women's sexuality, learning about it, being able to embrace it uh, as a woman, uh, enjoying your own sexuality, learning about your own sexuality. We've talked about a lot of the blocks that women come up against, um, arousal disorders for women typically tend to be a lot more mental right. uh, than an actual physical not being able to, right? Which is good, I think, for both men and women to realize it's not that they don't want to be sexual, right? It tends to be a lot of mental stuff going on culturally, religiously, um, and just a disconnection mentally from what's going on physically in the body. And we're going to talk about that today. What does it look like when the body is aroused? Because for a lot of women, they just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it won't come maybe as a big surprise to women to hear this, but if a couple comes in and they're struggling with her achieving orgasm, for example, guys might think it's a physiological issue or what's going Mm -hmm. on. Um, the women wouldn't be surprised to hear that the therapist wants to talk about trust or safety or right. um, feeling connected and close. Yeah. And and also just the concept of being just disconnected from what is actually right. happening right. with their body. So before we jump into this too far, I feel like I need to just preempt and say, hey, we're going to be talking pretty specifically about what is happening to bodies. We're going to use a lot of body words. So if you, that makes you uncomfortable, uh, make sure that you're, or you're listening to it in the car while you're driving somewhere with smaller children or larger children where you're not quite sure you want to listen to that first before you let everyone else hear what's going on with that. Um, just have some listener discretion (laughs) there. Uh, that we're definitely going to talk about the sexual response cycle and what happens to your body in that process. So again, going back to this concept, there are a lot of arousal disorder um, struggles that women have. It's a pretty big concept. Yeah. Uh, We get a lot of women that come in and have never orgasmed before or don't understand that they haven't. Yeah. Think that maybe, oh, I guess I probably have without realizing you will very clearly know if you have or not. Right. And so what we want to do is address, okay, what does that look like? And how do you go through the processes of, um, the sexual response cycle? What is happening to your body in each of those stages? So you can be more aware of your body and what is arousing to you specifically, 
um, and just learning more about that. So there's less of that disconnect. Yes. Knowledge is power. Yes. And we've talked before about how, you know, why, why is that the case? Uh, that women tend not to have as much awareness. And we've talked culturally, we've talked all of these things. We've talked about how women's sexual organs are mostly inside of their bodies. So a lot of times they just don't know Mm -hmm. that they may not understand, like mentally, I don't maybe necessarily feel aroused, but that maybe physically they actually are Mm. responding quite a bit and are very physically aroused, but they just don't understand that they are. So we're going to talk about that. So one of the big concepts and sort of our title for uh, this episode is that it's not that women are not sexual. They're just different sexual. Yep. So before we jump into the sexual response cycle and what that looks like, just kind of hitting a couple of the things that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, women tend to have different things going on than men when it comes to wanting to be sexual or having the desire uh, piece come into it. And one of those things obviously is women have hormonal cycles their actually cycle that's different than men's hormones tend to be pretty constant, right? And so that can affect the desire for sex. Uh, again, they're not coming into contact with their genitalia nearly as often. Uh, again, we talked about before how uh, men's genitalia being external it gets touched, it gets brushed up against things, and that can cause some arousal as well, whereas women's is much more internal, and so it's less likely that arousal is going to happen uh, that way. And as well, the concept of compartmentalization. Yes. So for a lot of women, they, they don't compartmentalize as much as men do, right? We, we could do a whole episode on men and women's brains and right. the differences, and it's pretty fascinating. But one of the big ones is a man's brain is just a lot of little boxes. Everything's uh-huh. compartmentalized. A woman's brain is a great big spool of wire. Yes. One Everything piece. is connected. <laughs> Everything is connected, yes. Yes. So for women, if there is stress... If there are, um, if there's a lot to do, if she's tired, if the kids aren't, or or yes, or uh, if they're not in bed or, you know, if there are other things going on in the household, it's going to be a lot more challenging uh, sometimes for women to then mm -hmm. say, okay, this is a great time to jump into a sexual encounter. And there, again, are a lot of other things that we've talked about in previous episodes that, that influence that. If you've had a fight earlier, mm-hmm. right? Things like that. So for a lot of times for women, because of this compartmentalization thing that is not present as much for them, um, you'll see that sex can be actually stress-inducing right. to think about, to plan, Um, or to engage in, it's more stress-inducing than stress-relieving. 
I've got a plan. When are we going to do this? I think about it. Oh my goodness. I've got a, all these things are going on in my life, right? For men, oftentimes sex is much more often stress relieving. I can say oftentimes. I was going like, to say, yeah. Not, like every not a, time. Yes. Yeah. It's a stress relieving thing because they can kind of compartmentalize, right? And mm-hmm. step out of life is crazy or right. we had a fight or work was hard and kind of step into this beautiful oasis box of of sex. The joke <laughs> that I, I've heard that the man can be um, coming home from work, hit the dog, get in an accident, be mm-hmm. in like a full body cast, everything is happening. And the wife is like, oh man, it's been a day. I was kind of maybe hoping to be intimate tonight and he'll start making his way towards her with his one good arm (laughs) despite everything that's happened because it's all compartmentalized. It's all put away somewhere and he can be present to that. Yes. And I think a good thing to note here for women who don't understand that concept is it doesn't mean that all they care about or think about or want is sex it's that they are able to set aside anything else that's going on and be in this space of, I love and care about you and I want to be close to you. Mm-hmm. And this, again, if you'll remember from some prior episodes we've talked about, is one of the fastest, most connecting ways for men to feel close. Right. And acceptance, remember? Yes. So it, it is a big way for men to feel acceptance and you see why it's stress relieving because if they are working they're doing other things and they are feeling inadequate or they're feeling a lack of acceptance if they're feeling negative emotions sex can become a way to rebound and be reassured Mm -hmm. um, a lot more i think than it is for women which is Mm -hmm. why sometimes it's not seen as that because it's not really women's experience yes yes so that's an important i think piece of this where that can that's why it can be very relieving Mm -hmm. experience for men it it really is like we're opening the door into the little oasis box where i'm going to feel connected Mm -hmm. and accepted and all of that it's going to kind of make all my worries disappear whereas for women that have the big tangle of everything always present continually it it doesn't necessarily get to that point initially i think once once a female is into that space they're you know engaging they hit that really connected uh orgasm and connected uh sexual experience even maybe if it doesn't reach orgasm there is that kind of follows but it's not right. as as immediate, even in the thinking stage, as it is for men. Right. So, then let's jump into what does a sexual response cycle look like um, for women, and the different levels that you achieve. What arousal looks like physically in each of those. Uh, levels and then differences between uh, men and women in the sexual response cycle. So as we're looking at the different levels and stages of the sexual response cycle, the first 
stage is or kind of a pre-stage is desire, right? Kind of the desire to have sex, kind right. of thinking about that. And then that moves into the excitement stage. The interesting thing for a lot of women, those two stages are actually flipped. And the desire comes, again, I think a lot of, because of this compartmentalization, the desire comes after some of the physical excitement begins. Right. So that's an important thing to note, I think, for a lot of, of women um, coming into this, just to be aware that for you sometimes or a majority of the time, the excitement may come may need to come first before a lot of the mental desire is there. And guys are listening going, we already knew that (laughs) because this is definitely one of the ways that men can help their Mm -hmm. wives. If the desire isn't there because of just, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so, so as you're going into that arousal, phase before you get to the plateau phase when you're in that excitement and arousal phase what is happening to your body let's talk about physically what's happening to your body because again like we mentioned you can have the desire which is a mental thing right that's in your brain and then you've got a physical response and those things can be separate right so when you talk about female arousal disorders that's a mental thing and oftentimes the physical body is responding but if you get too much of that you still can't reach the orgasm phase if the if the desire isn't isn't able to kick in you can really struggle to hit orgasm so what's going on with your physical body as you're in the excel- excitement and arousal phase uh, first of all the inner two thirds of your vagina is going to start to expand and elongate. And that is, um, that is going to happen so that you are prepared, right? It'll pull up and away. Your, uh, uterus will actually kind of pull up and away as well. So that you're creating some, some length and some space inside your body, obviously preparatory for penile insertion. The, perivaginal arteries are going to start to dilate. So this may be a a useful way to look at it. When a fetus is developing, initially the sex organs look identical. So one thing that can be helpful to note is that with a developing fetus, initially before you know the sex of the child, the sexual organs look the same and then they differentiate as the fetus continues to develop. So there are homologous structures. That means that they are similar and then they differentiated further along. And that can be helpful to understand the process of uh, sexual arousal. So for example, the tip of the penis is homologous to the clitoris, which is, if you'll remember from past episodes, the clitoris is a sexual organ 
for women that is only for sexual arousal. So it's very, very sensitive. It's at the opening of the vagina, just like the tip of the penis is at the end of the penis. And then you have the vagina, which is uh, similar to the shaft of the penis, right? And so for men uh, in a sexual response cycle, their penis is going to be engorged with blood, right? The vagina does the same thing. Those arteries dilate there as well. And what it does for the penis is it makes it erect. For the female, when the arteries dilate there and send all the blood in there, it actually makes it more spongy. Uh, it kind of opens some space up inside there um, for more stimulation, right? So they're similar, but they're doing a little bit different things, but it's helpful sometimes to think, okay, there is blood that's engorging that area. It also helps to pull that, uh, expand the inner part of that vagina. It helps to pull the uh, uterus up and away. Uh, from the cervical area just kind of expands everything out there and then one of the last things to note with that excitement and arousal phase is the lubrication of the vagina so that's an important piece women who maybe struggle with some physical aspects of uh, getting aroused could need additional lubrication uh, KY jelly, things like that, that can be helpful uh, if they're struggling in that excitement uh, and arousal phase with, with vaginal lubrication. Additionally, as the area is engorged with blood, the labia, so externally, you're going to notice that as well. The labia will also be filled with blood so that, so they will uh, enlarge and be more sensitive and can even have a color change, get a little darker. Also for both men and women, uh, the nipples will become more erect and be sensitive there. So this is moving into, through excitement and arousal into that plateau stage. And we call this a plateau because you're getting more and more aroused physically and you reach this, this area where you can stay or you can move even further than that into an orgasmic uh, stage. So a lot of times women will get to this plateau and they will struggle moving from that stage into orgasm and may not even realize that they haven't reached orgasm. They might think, well, this is kind of the limit, mm -hmm. the climax. So it's important to know that when you've gotten to that stage, that's not all there is. Now, sex doesn't always have to be about orgasm. Sex can very much be about connection as well. And so I think sometimes couples get stuck because they think, oh, we've got to get to this point. We have to hit this orgasm stage. And you don't have to. But it's also important to understand what that stage actually is. 
and be able to get to that stage because that's where a lot of women get stuck is on plateau and they don't actually reach the orgasm stage. So again, this isn't about this is the end all be all is an orgasm, but you do need to understand the difference between the two and you want to be able to understand your body well enough to get to that place. And to teach your partner about your body. Yes. Yes. A lot of women come into relationship thinking, okay, and this is going to work and this is how it's going to go. And they're just going to know, but they're not going to know unless you tell them what is arousing for you and what isn't, especially because as you age, as you have children, as your hormone cycles are different, all of these things can affect what actually feels arousing at any given point. And so there'll maybe be some things that you're like, these are always work, but then there's going to be some things that are different. And so sometimes those things will be really good. And sometimes you're not going to be as interested in those things. And you need to communicate with your partner and you need to be able to tell them what feels arousing, what doesn't feel arousing any particular time. And then on the flip side, it's going to be super helpful for men to understand that if they've said for a while, oh my goodness, this is really exciting to me. And then one day you're like, okay, I know what to do. And you're trying to help them be more aroused. And they say, "Eh, I'm not interested in that today. It's not about you. And it's not them saying, hey, you know, you're bad at this or whatever. They're just saying, hey, my body's saying something different today. So when you move into the orgasm stage, this is actually an event. This isn't the plateau is kind of a stage that can lengthen out and then not happen or happen as you go. Excitement, arousal is kind of the same way, but orgasm is an event. So it's a building to a, an actual climax and then a dropping away from that event. And it's a pretty quick drop, right? So you can build and build. Yes. And actually for women, you'll have a drop afterward for women they can actually then build back up and have, they drop back down to the plateau stage and then they can actually go back up and have multiple orgasms, which is not the case for men. At least it takes a a while to kind of recover um, from that. But for women, they can actually have multiple orgasms. And some people talk about that and say, okay, well, yes, you can have kind of smaller ones and then a bigger one. Um, Other people say, yes, you can have multiple larger scale ones. Um, And again, I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the level of stimulation, um, the practice that you've had with it. Um, There's a lot of different things that can be involved with that. So this event moment looks different. So if you have reached orgasm, you will know. So I definitely have women that come in and say, I think maybe I might have, but I'm not sure when you've reached orgasm, you will know there's it 
feels very different. It's a very different experience. Uh, and one of the things, the biggest things that you're going to notice is that the vaginal walls will contract. So, uh, and repeatedly contract. So for example, for men, again, you'll notice the, the similarity in the homogenous structures, uh, the penis contracts multiple times repeatedly, right? These small little contractions. And that's what part of what helps the ejaculation occur for women. The same thing is happening with the vaginal walls. There's a lot of little contractions and it's accompanied by a very uh, intense euphoric feeling. The heart rate goes up, blood pressure goes up, all of those kinds of things as well. And that's similar for both men and women. And then you kind of hit that, what is termed the afterglow period. And that's when things move down from the orgasm stage back into a plateau stage. For men, it will drop all the way. So this is the difference between men and women. Men, once they hit that orgasm stage, it, their response cycle will drop all the way down. Whereas for women, oftentimes it'll just drop to this plateau stage. And from there, if they continue to receive stimulation, they can actually move back up into a second, third, you know, multiple orgasms. After that stage is the resolution stage. So just a feeling of connectedness, well-being, all of that uh, happens. The uh, vaginal walls will begin to grow smaller again. The uterus moves back into position. The blood releases from those areas. Again, that's similar to men and the blood releasing from uh, the engorged penis. So it becomes flaccid again. So those are the similarities, but again, for men, that's going to happen really quickly for women. They can drop back to that plateau phase. So again, one of the differences between men and women and their cycles of the sexual response cycle is that men's look really similar. Basically the experience for men is extremely similar. You just move right through that excitement and arousal and plateau and right up to that top uh, phase of orgasm. And then it's a quick drop down to resolution and they can stay in, in the arousal and that plateau stage for a while, especially if they've practiced that. Uh, but once you hit that orgasm, it drops down to the resolution stage all the way at the bottom for women. There are many different possible routes that they might go through in sex. So they might climb to plateau very quickly, or it might take them a little while to get to plateau. Once they're in plateau, they may move quickly into an orgasmic stage and then back down quickly all the way to resolution, or they might come back down to plateau, stay there for a little while and then drop, or they may go back up and up again. Um, sometimes women will come to that plateau and they'll have multiple kind of mini movement toward orgasm, but then not. I think women who are familiar with reaching that orgasm stage, 
are also very familiar with kind of coming close to that and not actually hitting orgasm and coming back down to plateau. But that's also common uh, sexual response cycle is to kind of climb but not reach orgasm, come back down to plateau, climb, reach, almost reach orgasm, come back down multiple times uh, in a sexual encounter as well. So this can depend on the person. This can depend on uh, their experience and understanding of their own body uh, with their awareness of and connectedness between what's going on mentally and physically or uh, what's also going on around them, um, whether they're feeling stressed, whether that, again, that whole ball of uh, non-compartmentalization. So being aware that your body could do a lot of different things based on a lot of different reasons is really helpful to understand that you're not going to have a very exact pattern. And that can be helpful for you to teach the men in your life that as well, that your sexual response cycle is going to look completely different than theirs. And for the most part, or in a lot of instances, it will look very different and that it will vary based on the time of the month, based on um, stressors or other things that are going on, um, based on the amount of knowledge that you have and how that changes. So those are important things for you to know, important things for you to teach your spouse about. And then of course, once you understand that cycle is to be able to get to know your body well enough that you know what is arousing to you, you know where you are at these different stages and can then help your partner understand how to create more pleasure for you to help you move through those stages. So I think we're probably going to continue talking about different aspects of sexuality. And so stay tuned and come back later. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.